0: So what you need to do is put together a plan and a blueprint on exactly how it's going to be. So you build the house before you build the house. So you build it on paper first and then you build it in reality. And the same is true of marketing. The same is true of anything that where the stakes are high. What's up, branding
1: experts? Arik here at eBay Design. And welcome to On Branding Podcast. The only podcast where I interview branding experts to give you actionable tips on everything branding and beyond and in this episode i interview alan deep and we talk about marketing strategy framework And Alan is a serial entrepreneur, rebellious marketer, technology expert, and best-selling author. And he has started and grown multiple businesses in various industries thanks to his marketing expertise. So his business was named by Business Review Weekly as one of Australia's fastest growing companies. So Alan is passionate about helping businesses find new and innovative ways to leverage technology and marketing to facilitate rapid business growth. And Alan is the author of the best-selling book, One, page marketing plan and this is the book we are going to talk about today so as a business coach consultant and public speaker he frequently shares his proven strategies and cutting-edge tactics and that's why i really wanted to have alan on our podcast today to talk about marketing strategy framework hello alan Thanks you so much for uh taking the time to join us on our podcast
0: yeah thank you eric for having me a pleasure to be on
1: Thank you. So uh, I wanted to make this podcast actionable for our listeners and talk about your marketing plan, right? So uh, the firmo- the framework that you describe in your book. Uh, but before we talk about the framework itself and the steps we need to take to, to develop that marketing plan, um, let's just start with the basics so, so that we're on the same page. Uh, so basically in your book, you quote uh, statistics that say that many small businesses and startups fail uh, within you know, first five years. And this is mainly because, uh, you know, as business owners, we may uh, be good, we may have excellent technical skills, but we often lack business skills, or in other words, more, most businesses, most business problems can be solved with money. So therefore, we need to have a marketing plan in place to generate that money, right? So so we can bring those new leads consistently and convert them effectively, right? So can you speak to that a bit? So why is marketing strategy so important for small businesses? Why can Why can't we just, you know, run some Facebook or LinkedIn ads or or just focus on SEO? Why do we need to develop a whole plan?
0: Well, that's a great question. So if you're building a house, one of the first things that you're going to need to do is put together a blueprint or a plan for building that house. And you're going to have to get that submitted to your council or community and they will need to approve that plan because if you just start digging or if you just start laying bricks, it's going to be a disaster. So. So what you need to do is put together a plan and a blueprint on exactly how it's going to be. So you build the house before you build the house. So you build it on paper first, and then you build it in reality. And the same is true of marketing. The same is true of anything that where the stakes are high. So pilots have a flight plan. The military has a military operations plan. Your doctor has a medical treatment plan. So anytime where the stakes are high, you need to have a plan. And there's nowhere where the stakes are higher than in running a business because your family is relying on that you're relying on it your community is relying on it your employees your customers so if you don't have a plan for how to get new clients new prospects new leads in your company then you're going to have a major major problem so you need to put together a plan for the most important part of your business which is the marketing right right
1: and i like the analogy with with building a house right so we start with the blueprint we, we hire an architect We we actually exactly. uh, start laying down the brick the analogy also using your book and you also mentioned that you know all professionals you know where the stakes are high always follow a well thought out plan like doctors pilots soldiers and so on yeah. and i just wanted you to pick t- a bit to strategy versus tactics so okay so we understand that we need a plan have those leads you know uh, coming to us consistently and and we can be more effective and deliberate with what we do can you speak to, to us Uh, you know, strategy versus tactics. Why not just focus on one channel, for example, like Facebook ads and just hire uh, someone and and start running Facebook ads.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people do this. Uh, I call it following the bright, shiny object syndrome. So it's where people, uh, for example, if I go to a market, um, and I ask the chicken guy, what should I have for dinner? He's going to say chicken. And if I uh, ask the um, vegetable guy, what should I have for dinner? He'll say vegetables. And if I ask the fish guy, what should I have? He's going to say fish. So the same thing is true in marketing. The pay-per-click guy will say, do pay-per-click. The SEO guy will say, do SEO. Um, the LinkedIn guy will say, do LinkedIn. And all none of those things are bad things. I mean, you know, fish, chicken, vegetables are good. LinkedIn as SEO, pay-per-click is all good as well. But we need to know uh, what to do and when and really how to connect with our audience and that's where your plan comes to place and really separating the strategy from the tactics so uh, you know it's not seo that gets you the clients and the traffic it's not pay-per-click that gets it it's not linkedin it's your message to your target market on those platforms so Really understanding from a strategic perspective, what is the message uh, to our target market, and how are we going to uh, create a message that that's really going to cut through to to them? So, uh, we we want to know that. Um, that our message is really connecting with our audience. We wanna know who our ideal audience is. Uh, We wanna know how we're going to reach them. And then we plug in the tactical things. So we we wanna fix all these strategic things first. Because then we know the tactical things will will fall into place and we can execute. But if we don't have the strategy right, the tactics are going to fail as well. And we're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy, and we're not going to get a good result.
1: Right, right. Okay, so this gets us closer to, talk about, to talking about your framework. So basically, you suggest that small, small to medium-sized businesses should focus on direct response marketing so so you advise that the way to go is not to try to just get our name out there or sell Mm -hmm. directly directly from our ads but to rather get our prospects to show us that they are interested in what we have to offer and and then so then we can capture their contact information like email name phone number and then we can nurture them and follow up with them until they are ready to buy from us so can you just give us an overview of, you know, the direct response marketing? Um, how is it different and why your framework framework is so different and what makes it so effective?
0: Yeah, what, 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 why it's effective. So whenever we're talking about marketing for a small business, the type of marketing that works well for small businesses is called direct response marketing. And that's quite different from... Uh, what a lot of people know as marketing. What a lot of people know as marketing is what's called mass marketing or sometimes it's called branding or something like that. So um, uh, what we want to do is really... Uh, direct response marketing, because that works at a small scale. It works for small budgets, for small companies, and for short timeframes. So if you've got millions of dollars and years to get a result, mass marketing can work for you. And it does work for, for very large companies. But if you're operating at a small scale, you need to make sure that whatever you're doing works at that small scale. And so uh, direct response marketing is something that really works well from that perspective it's something that you would implement at a, at a small scale where we need to get results today on a small budget and so what direct response marketing means is that we're going to Uh, we're we're putting advertising out there that has an emotional element that will get someone to take some kind of action. And so that action could be maybe calling a phone number, maybe clicking on an ad, maybe opting in on a landing page, uh, maybe putting something in a shopping cart, whatever it is. But we want people to take an action. And the reason we want people to take an action is because that's measurable. So we can say we spent a thousand dollars on this ad and we had Fifty people who opted in, and out of the fifty people who opted in, ten people bought, and we had ten thousand dollars of revenue. So, um, it's very, very uh, responsible marketing in that we can track what happens, and we can track the return on investment, which is extremely important. So, and we can do this both on the long term and on the on the short term.
1: Right, right. So it's understandable. So it's self-explanatory. Direct response marketing, meaning. Um, uh, our customers will directly respond to our ad. It's not just a name recognition tool; it's a lead generating tool. Yes. Uh, so we want them to take a specific action, as you said. You know, request uh, re- request more information or d- download a free report. But anyhow, we want to capture this, those leads so we, we can track them and we can see and we can improve, um, you know, on them. On the message or, or on the targeting la- later on, right? Exactly. Um, so uh, let's just jump into right into the framework itself, uh, since I promised my listeners to make it actionable. So in, in your book, you say, "quote The marketing process is a journey to guide our ideal target market from not knowing that we exist to becoming a raving fan uh, customer." So through this journey, there are three distinct phases: the before the during and the after phase. So basically you divided your framework into three phases, right? So um, let's start with the first one, which is the before phase. So can you walk us through this phase and perhaps um, some of the key steps that we need to take here?
0: Yeah, so in in the before phase, um, the the prospect doesn't know that you exist. And so the whole goal of the before phase is to take someone from uh, not knowing that you exist to raising their hand and saying, look, I'm vaguely interested in what you have to offer. So uh, part of that phase is, first of all, identifying our target market, having a message that really connects well with the target market, and then having a media that we can uh, bridge that target market and that message with. So uh, we really want to go for from someone not knowing that you exist to uh, raising their hand and say, look, I'm, I'm vaguely interested and raising their hand might be opting in. It may be visiting your website. It may be calling your business, whatever, whatever that is for you. Um, it's someone raising their hand and saying, look, I'm interested in what you've got to offer. So that, that's, um, that would be the starting point and that's the before phase.
1: Right. So 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 the so okay so in in the before phase we have we have three things uh, we start with the identifying the target market and then we craft a compelling message and then we pick the uh, media channels right so can we talk a bit about you know each of those just just to give our listeners a quick overview and perhaps some examples so. Uh, starting with the, you know, the first step, which is identifying your target market. And you talk a lot in your book about the importance of, you know, niching down and narrowing down your target market. Uh, and you give this example, uh, with beauty salon that may offer, you know, different services like tanning, waxing, facials, massages, and so on. But we should focus on something specific, you know, just pick one and, 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 uh, so as an example, you give this example, cellulite treatment for women who've just had a baby. So that's very specific. So can you talk to, to us a bit about the importance of, uh, you know, picking the right target market?
0: Yeah, so uh, the importance of picking the right target market is is incredibly important. So uh, you, you need to think about... Um, who is going to be my ideal customer because in every business and in every industry there are many many people that you could serve and some people make the mistake of saying hey uh, i serve everybody right everybody is my target market or everybody is uh, someone that, that i could help um so um uh, and that's that's a big mistake in in my opinion so um uh, I, I believe you need to select who your ideal target market is and that there are a few filters that you need to use for that. So first of all is who is very profitable to work with? Um, you know, because there there are some clients who can pay you a lot of money, but they're not very profitable. Um, then who is fun to work with? Because if business is not fun, uh, then what are we doing? We might as well get a job work, work for someone else. So, uh, so who's going to be fun to work with? Who's going to uh, really you know, you wake up on a Monday morning and you're excited to be working with those people. And then who's going to really value what you do and pay you a lot of money for what you do? So finding the intersection of those three things is uh, super important. And it, it's something that can really uh, help you through the whole uh, process of, um Uh, of selecting your target market and making sure that you're you're working with someone who is ideal for you that you're connecting with and that is very very profitable for your business so rather than saying i serve everybody saying look who is going to be my audience that i'm going to serve and do a really good job for
1: now we are going to take a quick break here but we will be right back Listen, my mission is to help people design iconic brands. So whether you're a business leader who wants to be more intentional with branding and all of its aspects, or you're a creative who wants to attract powerful clients and truly be able to help them with branding, then you need to start with a discovery session and then develop a strategy that will inform all your creative work. And everything you need to learn how to do that, you can find in my online courses at ibegdesigncom slash shop. Where I share with you my worksheets, case studies, video tutorials, and other additional resources to help you feel safe and strong about your process. And now let's get back to our conversation with Alan Deep. Right. And you give us some specific tools like PVP index, you know, an avatar, um, some specific uh, tools and exercises that we can run to actually, that's gonna help, that they will help us to uh, identify the right mark target market okay so secondly so once we once we've identified them now secondly is the second step would be in this phase is to craft compelling message for the target markets that will grab their attention and, and compel them to respond right so uh, here you talk about um, talking to their needs and, and thoughts and emotions You talk about a uh, unique selling proposition and elevator pitch So can you just walk us through uh, this step?
0: Yes. Uh, So really the whole goal of uh, your messaging is for for your audience to see your message and to say, hey, that's for me. So that's really what you, you want to do. And so... If your target market is anyone and everybody, that's never going to happen. So you've really, you've really got to make sure that you've selected your target market right. Then you can craft a message that is uh, makes someone uh, triggers someone emotionally and makes them. Um, uh, makes them do what you want to want to do. So um, we want to connect emotionally with our audience. We want to really be uh, that person who says, yes, this is exactly what I what I want to do. So for example, people will often uh, uh, suggest general stuff and list a whole uh, laundry list of products and services that they do. But more and more people are looking for specialists in, in what they, uh, in the area that they, they uh, want to buy. So when you look at your Google search history, it's going to be full of very specific things. You don't type just general things in in Google like marketing. You would type in how do I create a marketing plan or you know what is a brand or what is direct response marketing. So you type very specific things into Google and so do your prospects. And so you need to have very specific messages for your target market as well. If you do something very general, your message is going to be weak and it's going to be diluted.
1: Right and, and it's not, so they, they won't uh, resonate with that message, right? Um, okay so, so the third step here in this phase would be to deliver that message to to the target uh, market, right? So we need to select the right uh, media channels for them whether it be TV, radio, print, uh, social media, uh, SEO, search engine optimization, email marketing, uh, and and here you strongly advise to to hire an expert and, and and track track the ROI and um and track things like customer acquisition cost as the as the most important uh metric so uh, can you just talk to that uh, a bit
0: yeah so uh when it, when it comes to selecting your media we want to get a, a good return on investment so uh, a key to that is um uh making sure that because media is going to be your most expect the most expensive part of your marketing so whether it's be facebook ads or google ads or uh, whatever else and so we want to make sure that you're getting a good return on investment um, i highly recommend if you don't have experience in your media to hire a media specialist to help you so for example if you're if you're gonna do google ads, hire a Google ads expert or hire a Google ads specialist. So um, that's that's really, really going to get you a return on investment faster than if you were trying to do it yourself. If you do a direct mail campaign, uh, find uh, the Google Ads uh, people who are going to 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 do that, uh, so find the direct re- uh, find the direct mail people who are going to do that uh, for you. So um, use specialists in their uh, media area because they're going to pay for themselves over time.
1: Right. Uh, okay. So so once we've done that, we've gone through the first phase, the before phase. Now the second phase would be the during phase. So. In this phase, we are dealing with leads who actually already know us and they've indicated interest in in what we have to offer and we've captured the information in our database. Uh, So uh, now we want to get them to like us and what we have to offer enough to buy from us for the first time, right? So can you just give us an overview of the the during phase and what are some of the considerations uh, when it comes to this phase?
0: Yeah, one of the keys in the in the during phase is uh, to really take people from someone who is uh, vaguely knows about you and vaguely knows about your products and services um, to uh, being a paying client. Um, so um, uh, it's uh, it's really all about three things. It's about lead capture, lead nurturing, and then sales conversion. And so it starts with with lead capture where Uh, we know that only a small percentage of people are ready to buy right now. So what we want to do is we want to capture those leads because we want to access more than that 3% who's ready to buy right now. We want to uh, work with people who are maybe ready in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, a year, two years time, whatever else. And so we capture those leads. Then once we've captured those leads in a database or a CRM, we can nurture those leads we can enter the conversation that's going on in their mind um and uh, connect with them on a regular basis so uh, help them with education help them with content help them with getting a result in advance before before we we've had the, had a chance to even do business with them
1: right so so um and, and you and you say a, uh, you you mentioned you give this uh, that is this um you get those statistics that you know only three uh, percent of of uh, our audience would be ready to buy from us Im- now immediately, right? Seven yes. percent might be open to buy from us. Uh, thirty another thirty percent might be interested, but not now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just want to capture all of those. You know, forty percent, not just that three percent that is ready to buy right now, like like you know. Correct. Right. Exactly. Uh, Right, so so you also talk about um, the importance of follow up, and and you mentioned that you know uh, most people give up after you know after one or two or or three follows follow ups. But you know the money is in the follow up, Uh, and we 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 should follow up you know uh, many 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 times, but not just uh, testing our our custom our uh, our leads but just provide them with some valuable information, you know, um, value building information, right?
0: Yes. Yes. So it's not about just, hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Um, It's about creating a lot of value over a period of time because who would, who would your customers prefer to buy from, from, Uh, an expert who has created a lot of value in their lives, who's educated them or just a random stranger. Of course, we know they would rather buy from a friend and a trusted advisor than a stranger. So we want to become that trusted advisor to our target market.
1: Right. So once we, you know, we are able to, once we provide them with this information, we are able to build trust in their, in their eyes. And, and uh, so we demonstrate enough value. and, And so, so they, so they, can become ready to, you know, uh, to buy from us and for the first time. Uh, right. So. So um, so once we've done that now, the, the the third and the last phase would be the after phase. So in this phase, we are dealing with customers who already, who already like us and what we have to offer and, and they bought from us at least once. Uh, so they paid us money so these are already customers and now we want to convert them into raving fans and by delivering world-class experience and and so ultimately you can do more business with them or they can refer us to some of their colleagues and 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 friends and so on so we also want to stimulate those referrals right uh so, so our marketing can be much more effective um, so, can you walk us through this final but you know, very important phase and perhaps talk about some, some of the best practices or, or, or maybe you have some tips on how to turn those customers into raving fans?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So, a lot of people believe marketing ends at that second stage when someone has signed up and become a customer, and nothing is further from the truth. So the real money is made in the after phase. Um, in the after phase, um, that's when we can increase customer lifetime value. That's when we can uh, generate raving fans. That's when we can create um, uh, referrals. So all, all of those sorts of things. And so what we wanna do in the after phase, first of all, is deliver a world-class experience. So we we want to create take people from just being transactional and uh, just being customers who may be bought on price or convenience or whatever else, and now become someone who's a raving fan, who is, uh, refers us new business, who buys us from us in more quantity, more quality, more frequency, and then uh, becomes someone who's a referrer to, to our business. And we want to put together a, a strategy around how do we generate referrals in, in our business. So that's basically the after phase where we we've done all the hard work to generate a customer and now we want to create more value from that customer, both for us and for the customer as well.
1: Right. And in your book, you're also just for our listeners. You guys can find, you know, Alan gives you uh, templates referral templates and, and, and examples and exercises that you can run. So it's, it's very, very practical. So you can dive in uh, and, and learn about the, the details. But basically, the the takeaway is that, you know, most, business, most businesses, they start, here and once they've converted the prospect into a customer but successful businesses get exponential results because they are able to get those those customers to to buy from them and again and again and, and refer them to new customers. Yes. Correct. So basically this phase will will end in, um, it will continue basically in an ongoing virtuous cycle, right? As you you say in your book, you know, once they they love us and and our products and uh, what we have to offer and, and, and they buy from us again, or they recommend us to other people so that, you know, our customer acquisition cost is lower and therefore our marketing is more effective. Exactly awesome uh so as we are approaching the end of our episode please let us know how we can find more about you and whether it is for clients who want to work with you or um or um Business owners or creatives like myself who want to learn more about or f- learn more from you and more about your process, and I will include those links in the description.
0: Yeah, so uh, anyone who wants to learn more about the one-page marketing plan, you can buy, you can get the book um, on Amazon. It's also available in audio format on Audible if you prefer to listen instead of read. Um, you can download the one-page marketing plan canvas for free uh, on my website, which is successwise.com. So any of those ways. A lot of people listen to the book on audio, book on on Audible, and so um, it's very popular on audio.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on our podcast. I really appreciate that.
0: Thank you, Arik. It was a pleasure to be on the show.
1: So this is it for today's episode and make sure to go and check out Alan's website and follow him on social media. And you can find all the links on this episode's page at ebegdesign.com podcast 19. So thanks for tuning in and if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my podcast for more tips on branding, strategy and design. This was Arik Dvornyczak from Ebeg Design.